You know, wine with wine scene event was huge this year. Yeah, yeah, people were ready to... Turns out people like to drink wine with you. Like to drink wine. We gotta address the suburban women problem because it's real. Welcome to the Suburban Women Problem, a podcast for red, wine, and blue. Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening to the Suburban Women Problem. I'm Amanda Weinstein, and this holiday season, we're doing the podcast a little differently. For the rest of the year, my co-hosts and I will be taking turns going deep on what we learned from the midterms. There are so many victories to celebrate and so many lessons to learn. Today, I'm joined by my husband, Casey. Hi. (laughs) Just in case listeners don't know, you're currently a state representative here in Ohio, and you were just reelected last month. So we wanted to have you on the podcast to talk about what it's like to run for office and what it's like to have a spouse or a family member run for office. So why did you decide to run for office? And do you remember what my response was when you first told me about it? Um, Well, (laughs) so I got out of the military. We got out of the military at the same time. And I immediately was looking for ways to... um, to get involved. And yeah, I just kind of think I missed that structure and that service. And, you know, that was so a part of my upbringing. My dad served in the white house, um, you know, the Reagan white house, the Reagan white house. (laughs) Yep. And so I was, I had proximity to the government and to, you know, the highest levels of it. And I've always view it, viewed it as, you know, whether you're serving in the military or serving in your community, um, incredibly important to give back. So, I was seeking those positions right away. Um, But, you know, ultimately it was a city council opening in 2015 and I got the paper. I remember we were standing by the island and I said, oh, well, the mayor is not running for re-election and our council person's going to run for mayor. So that's an open seat for our council ward seat. And there was just this silence. (laughs) Kind of like that. (laughs) And I think that was it. (laughs) I don't think I actually asked. I'm like, there's an open seat. I, and I guess this, then it happened. I ran. I don't know. Did no, I? you did. Well, we had a newborn. Oh yeah, we did. Nora. So our oldest child was fresh, fresh out the womb. And he was like, Hey, do you mind if I'm like, you know, knocking on every door in the ward over the summer instead yeah. of home with you and our newborn. And I was like, well, oh. um, that's okay. But remember I asked you for something. Uh, oh, uh, yes. A splash pad. Yeah. I wanted a splash pad. Yeah. Uh, so I asked for a splash pad and you better get me a splash pad. I believe were the exact words. You did get me a splash pad yeah. for our community. Yeah. And you were like, the first thing you went, you saw our city manager uh-huh. and said, look, my wife really wants a splash pad. Part of the deal. What can we do? And she knew exactly who to go to, who to ask. We asked Kiwanis. They got some money. Mm-hmm. Parks came in. We have a splash pad in our community. It was well, a good deal. It was a great thing to campaign on. Parks enhancements are fantastic. Oh, yeah not they're bipartisan. Everybody wants to see that very real tangible investment in their community, things that they can see and touch that they can experience, whether you got kids, grandkids, whatever. So it ended up being a great uh, core part of my campaign, actually. And at the time, all the city council members were Republicans. Mm -hmm. So nobody even had any idea there'd be a Democrat running for office. I don't even think they asked you most of the time. No, no, (laughs) it's nonpartisan. You snuck in there. I was the only registered Democrat on there, but I definitely talked more about military background and, you know, just wanting to to do things like funding first responders and um, connectivity through the community and parks, 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 parks. So it's kind of your fault that I won because 
you made that a central part of my campaign. So that's true. Yeah. You ever think about that? Yeah. I mean, I later did research that said women really like parks. And I'm like, that is true. People like parks. I do really like parks. And we did Everyone get that parks. splash pad done. Yeah, we got we it. And our kids go to it. It's pretty cool. All right. So what has been meaningful and great about being in office and running and what's stressful and difficult about running for office? Uh, meaningful and great. I've actually, I feel like I've actually been able to get some things done that go back to my original campaign promises of investment in communities and great schools and the environment. So we uh, did a bipartisan bill to fund public schools at the highest level they've historically ever been funded at in Ohio. So we've had unconstitutional school funding for decades and decades and decades. And finally, we delivered on that. Um, So that was really gratifying. And then on the environmental side, I got to work on the H2 Ohio program, um, which is an historic investment in clean water. And this district where we where that I represent is in the Lake Erie watershed. So because um, we have a great lake. We do have a great lake. Some do. people don't know that. We do. Some people would say it's a good lake that we need to make <laughs> great. And it is it's a great lake, but I we have to keep investing in it to keep it great. So That has been really gratifying too. And then gotten some bills passed. Probably the singular moment I go to is when I went back to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base where you and I served Mm -hmm. and- um, Dayton, Ohio. In Dayton, Ohio. And I had a military families bill that we signed into law there. So that was a really cool moment. But I guess at a high level, it's just, I feel like I've been able to get things done. So that makes all it worth it in terms of all the negatives. (laughs) (laughs) So my favorite part about campaigning though, is I actually like, I feel like I should not tell you this though, but I do really like the events we get to go to. And eventually you start to meet like a lot of your supporters Mm -hmm. and they become regular friends and Mm -hmm. people you go and say, hi, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. And even, you know, other people elected in office, you get to see them more often. It becomes like this little group of like friends and family. And that is really fun. And you get to see them except for it's like friends and family, but instead of like Thanksgiving, where like the crazy uncle is saying crazy things. It, they're like the fun uncle who is always going to say something you totally agree with. <laughs> That's funny. On that note, campaigning is actually overwhelmingly positive. It's a tremendously positive experience getting to do so many neat things that bring you closer to the community. Even the forums, I love those. There's a lot of parties. There are. There's a lot of parties. There's a lot of social events. There's a there's a lot of really neat things that you get to do to interact with the community. And that is a really special part of it. So you your know, wine with Weinstein event was huge this year. Yeah. Yeah. People were ready to turns out people like to drink wine with you. Like to drink wine. Yeah. We had a very we had really successful in-person <laughs> events, which was great because we didn't do them in 2020. So yeah. I didn't knock on doors in 2020 and I actually kind of missed that. So coming back to the doors this time and seeing how people kind of knew who I was for the first time ever while running was really interesting over these years. They've gotten to know me a little better as I've gotten to know them. So that was positive too. All right. So speaking of the worst part and doors, Hmm. you actually met a troll of yours at one of the doors. I did. I did. Yeah. Never go outside your targets when knocking (laughs) on the doors. So we have pretty wide targets. We'll knock on democratic doors, independents, and some Republicans too. Um, but some folks are just outside of probably the range of folks who would consider not worth supporting. your time. Yeah. But this guy was walking <laughs> to his car as I was walking by his house. So I was like, oh, whatever, let's say hi. And I said, hi. And he said, I know who you are. 
yeah, I'm one of your trolls. I'm one of your what anonymous trolls. I'm he's paleo rage. Not so anonymous now. <laughs> yeah, he really is. He's uh, he has a his icon is a piece of meat, and he's he's paleo rage. And uh, he confronted me about a something he thought I was lying about. And I was able to pull up my phone in the moment and say, nope, this yeah. is the... He so said, what did he think you were lying about? That I, w- I was invited by the Western Reserve Academy Young Republicans to go speak there. And he thought that was inconceivable that a young Republicans <laughs> group would invite a Democrat and that I would he go. He couldn't imagine that a Republican group would want you to speak instead <laughs> of a Republican. So, and I went. And it was great. And I posted about it. And and he said, that was, that wasn't the young Republicans. That was the Democrats who invited you. I'm like, nope, it was the young Republicans. And I've got the, I've got the invitation right here. And he said, oh, you've got receipts. And I said, yes, I do. Yes. So I showed him and he, to his credit, put out a clarifying tweet. He said, well, I'll set the record straight on that. And I thought we had a little breakthrough together, I know. but then the next morning he fired off about 15 tweets, yeah, hate tweets. Well, it was like the, uh, was like that Chris, Christmas armistice that lasted like 12 hours. It was just it was, that night. Yeah. Just that night. It was just That's that right. Night. So the trolls has to be among, among the worst of campaigning. Absolutely. Yeah. Terrible. I mean, I, I'm somebody who's like a people pleaser and I want mm-hmm. everybody to, to, That's you true. know, I want people to like me. <laughs> Um, but the the uh, the misinformation and just the you know it's wild and then they started going after you and then oh, they yeah, started talking true. about our kids and it's just disgusting and nasty so that part of it yeah definitely negative that is true your first campaign manager warned me like hey look oh he was like let's have a conversation let's sit down I need to have a serious conversation with you I was like oh. And he was like, they're going to say mean things about your husband. And I was like, I know I do it too sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that was not going to be a problem for you. And he was like, what? And I was like, oh yeah, but I'm way better at it. I was like, at least what I say, I think is true. Like <laughs> they say it's just completely off the wall stuff. I mean, they've said some horrible, horrible stuff. That's like, true. I'm, I don't say it's horrible things. No, I you don't. don't. Think. You know, no. And I'm not going to repeat what they say, but no. it's really, really terrible. So I don't think I, I had it. But the kids is worse. Yeah, you did oh. not mention that. You didn't say like, "Hey, they're gonna go after your kids." That yeah. I can't help it. Then I'm like, "I'm gonna go, Mama Baron. I'm gonna try yeah. and end you somehow." Yeah, listen, like I got invited by the White House to come celebrate the first ever Rosh Hashanah Jewish New Year in White House history there, and they said cool. I could bring a plus one, and I brought our daughter, and they started attacking her for being an entitled little child for that, and I'm like, "Oh my God!" I mean. Just that there aren't a lot of events for Jewish kids to really be celebrating who they are because they're in the minority. Yeah. So it is really cool to get to go to some place like the White House and being ce- and celebrating your Jewishness. Yeah. And it was incredibly special little trip that I got to take her on. And she was wonderful and perfect. And, and um, you know, so it's just disgusting that that people stoop to that but 99.9% of voters realize that and it that kind of negativity ends up backfiring on them I know that's true a lot of them really would like to tell us how to parent our children yeah because she's actually doing great at school so taking her away for a day to to the White House was totally fine but thank you for your concern yeah about the one day of school that that she missed so speaking of your Jewishness and some of the fun that comes with that, we actually had protesters at our house, mm-hmm. which is interesting because in our state, in terms of big, like elected, you know, statewide elected type officials and and local officials, I know protesters have gone to Governor DeWine's house, mm-hmm. Amy Acton's house and our house. Yeah. And that's about it. Mostly just the Jews. <laughs> Two out of three of those Jewish. Yeah. 
fairly specifically anti-Semitic. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. So why do you say they're anti-Semitic? Because they, first of all, it was, it was this church. Yeah. Uh, we it, found I, out church. someone told us. Yeah. I'm doing air quotes uh, <laughs> because it was, it's more like this militant group that lives that's in my district. Um, yeah. that, they're mostly political, right. That occasionally uses Bible verses to justify whatever political. Yeah. And so that, therefore, I think that inherently added a religious aspect to it. Um, secondly, they brought the kneel for the cross flag, which I've seen over mm-hmm. the years, which, you know, kneel K N E E L for the cross, um, you know, which is a clear message for a Jewish person. And then just the whole intimidation, they came right after church, they talked about it and then they rolled over to our house. I mean, there were dozens of cars, trucks, yeah. I mean, across, down the road. And then they were all just massing in front of and our house. And what was really gross. They were like, so our kids, we shut the curtains and our kids were upstairs and they were like old men waving at our little girls in their bedroom windows. Yeah. Like that's just creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and kind of just strutting along the property line, um, blocking traffic to our home. I mean, you know, it's just, I'm out there for sure. And on social media more than most, but it's just every, every campaign religion comes into it. So that is true. Yeah. Yeah. It was a clear message to me what they were trying to say and stay in your place. And you heard it came up at the doors, your opponent knocked on for a pastor. Yeah. Yeah. My opponent went on what one of our voters who is a, a, a pastor um, described as a anti-Semitic rant um, against you, against me. Yeah. Yep. And he uh, reached out to me after that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's there, it's always just below the surface. And when, when things get a little bit heated, it comes out. So I know. So do you think it's worse in Ohio than other places or similar in Ohio? That's a really good question. Um, I think it's similar. I, I've always felt that sense of otherness wherever I've lived just to different degrees. I mean, in high school in New Mexico, you know, some kids, um, unfortunately, you know, um, I dealt with it in high school. I dealt with it in in Colorado at the air force Academy and I've dealt with it here and we've dealt with it. We dealt with it in Northern Virginia where we live. So, I mean, I've lived all over and, you know, I, I think it is just always there beneath the surface. And what is different now is that, the leader of the Republican party, immediate past president who's running again for president has given them permission, complete permission with acquiescence from the rest of the party leadership to come out and be their worst selves and just to let it fly and that there wouldn't be any serious consequences for it. And that that's acceptable and it's not condemned in any resolute way either by the party. So they feel permission to, to do it. I mean, it's been strange for me as a Christian because I didn't I don't know. You're taught about anti-Semitism for me, like the Holocaust, right? I learned about that. That was a while ago. That's not now. So I never quite realized it was under the surface as much as being married to you and seeing it. And then even that, like when you're talking about like chanting, like Jew will not replace us. Like that's also talking about our four-year-old and our five-year-old and our eight-year-old. Like they're that intimidated by our four-year-old that they need to go take to the streets I mean, that our, our is... five-year-old, I get, but <laughs> she's, that's true. She's more intimidating, I think. Yeah, right. But the others, no, I, no, I didn't mean to make light of that because yeah, it's our kids and you, you worry 
you just worry about that. I mean, we have security guards at services, yeah. you know, and that's um, just gets you thinking. So, I mean, and it's been surprising. So another kind of worst thing is you get more of, you've had more interaction with the, the FBI than mm-hmm. other elected members because people from all around the country seek you out. Mm-hmm. Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. Guy sent a threat and the local FBI office had asked me to forward those when they come in and I forwarded it and they ended up going to the guy's house. In Missouri. In Missouri. Yep. And confronting him with the, with it, I guess, uh, he said something to the effect of, well, that doesn't sound like something I would normally say. I'm like, eh, that's pretty. <laughs> but he did stop saying it after, after it the FBI showed that. up at his house. It did. Yeah. yeah. Most likely, right? Nothing will probably happen, mm-hmm. but there's a small chance something could happen. Uh, we've seen that happen even with, you know, Nancy Pelosi's house, that there is a chance that something could happen. And that's the point is they want to intimidate you. Yeah. The thing at our house was a game changer for me in terms of just the, you know, our kids were here. It was a Sunday. I was just watching a movie with the kids on the couch and you're, you know, I'll never forget that moment when you came down and told me that what was going on in front of our house. It was shocking. It, it was shocking. Like, are you really shocked. at our house right now? Yeah. You're like, you're in the super minority. If you really want something done, go to like your own people in the majority and get something done. But that was the point. They didn't actually want anything done. When our neighbor asked them, they just really were there to let you know they don't like you. Right. All right. So what is going on with Ohio? So you won in what our newspaper is calling the most competitive race in the state. Mm. But you won. But there were a lot of other races that didn't win in Ohio. The down ballot in terms of state house and state Senate didn't do so well this election. So what's going on with that? So we're at a point where we are a structural minority in the state house. And what I mean by that is the GOP MAGAs are the agents in the matrix. They are guarding all the exits. They hold all the keys and actually ran. They've drawn a majority. They've drawn a super majority. They've drawn themselves a super majority. The maps in a lot of ways, the way that they are drawn are destiny in a lot of ways. Mm. They have more money. They have more, they have more incumbents. Um, so they have these structural advantages that come into play and they know that. So they will ignore the rules or rewrite the rules or straight up, you know, ignore the constitution and the will of the voters because they are able to draw themselves into safety. And from that position of power that they've been in since 2010, they have really solidified a, a majority. So that's the, that's just the playing ground. So when we start going into an election, you got to look at us as the, as the Zips, who we love, going to the horseshoe at Ohio State mm. and playing a game at night away as like, that's the election that the Democrats start with, right? And there's just structural differences between those two teams that make it very likely that Ohio State's going to win that game. Not counting our Zips out ever, but, and I love both <laughs> teams, just to be clear. But anyways, that's yeah. that's that's a real they're, challenge. They're an underdog. Yeah. We're an underdog here. Right. But and, we got a lot of fight and you have to have the fight. And I think that's part yeah. of why you win is you're a fighter. Yeah. 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 Thank you. And I, and there are relatively few who want to take it to the level that I do, which unfortunately could lead to you getting on the maps or radars of really bad people who bring it to your house. So, you know, there's that. And then there's a two-part equation in Ohio. There's, you know, turning out the cities and there's not getting killed in some of the traditionally red rural areas. And we haven't quite been able to put those two things together. So you 
do very well in your suburban district. Mm. And I think you do especially well with suburban women. Oh, why is that? Um, I do feel that I have a pretty good pulse of the concerns and interests of the people in my district. And when it comes to schools, they are, we are pro teacher. We are pro public education. Um, we are pro science. And in fact, being taught pro history, being taught in schools, mm. we're pro book. Yeah. And those are pretty basic positions for me to be able to take. But I feel like the median voter in my district really yep. supports those things. I mean, I think an important point there is when you heard people were talking about banning books and CRT in our school district, you didn't say, oh, I shouldn't talk about this, mm -hmm. right? This is controversial. You do the opposite. You say, you know what? There are people, there are women who are concerned about this. Let's have this conversation. And yes. you came out and talked about it immediately. Well, so without, I was thinking was, blinking. you're telling me that now I get to say over and over again that I'm pro-teacher, pro-school, and pro <laughs> I know, that's an easy sell. I'm pro-teacher. I'm pro-schools. Two pro women schools. with children in schools. I'm pro-book. And that suddenly became a an issue that there were two sides of. I'm like, no, no, I'm for the books. I'm for the teachers. I'm for the schools. Here's my record for it. But also for LGBT rights, um, I feel like the median voter in my district has no issue with expansions and protections for the LGBT community. So I talk about that. I talk about gun safety and gun reform. I talk about environmental issues. I talk about investing in our communities and keeping them safe and really special places where families want to, can grow and thrive. So, you know, I think- um, You're talking about a lot about families. I mean, so in there is families. inherently, it's just like yeah. you are a dad, you have kids, you care a lot about families. You talk about, you know, Let's do things for families. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I never want to see that pro-family um, lane in politics because I am for quality education and support for parents and parental leave and healthcare and supporting moms, nursing moms. And in, in, that's a bill I'm going to be working on next GA actually is protections for moms in the workplace, nice. new moms. And so, you know, ha you and I having three young kids, we've, we've been living this, the challenges um, even though we're lucky enough mm -hmm. to to be in a financially sound position, still it's been financially challenging for yeah. us. So I, I feel like that's a lot of voters can relate to that. And a lot of voters are dealing with things that you and I have dealt with. So yeah. I, I talk about them. I tell my voters, you may not always agree with me, but you will always know where I stand on the issues. And so people, even if they disagree on some things, yeah. I've heard many, many people talk about, uh, well, we know you're going to show up and we know you'll know we know where you stand on the issue. Yeah. And as you know, even though the kind of down ballot got worse, the state Senate and state house, uh, you know, you used to have candidates like Greg Landsman and Amelia Sykes, who each had, you know, about an 18% chance of winning and they both won. And Greg Landsman won against a long time Republican incumbent talking about families. Yep. Yep. That's really thrilling, especially, um, uh, to have Amelia Sykes, who's a very close friend and a political mentor of mine to be our Congresswoman. So very, very exciting. She's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. She actually came to Hudson to talk to our kids and ask them what they were concerned about. Yeah. And I know a lot of the moms in Hudson really love that. And by the way, these suburbs where they're winning are the fast, some of the fastest growing places mm -hmm. in the state. So there very much is a realignment, but there's also a lot of opportunity for for Democrats in Ohio when you're on the right message oh, yeah. and getting it out effectively. Yep. All right. So as you know, at the end of every episode, we do a toast to joy where we share something positive that happened in our week. 
And in these four weeks of special episodes, we want to broaden things out a little bit and do a 2022 toast to joy. So what was a moment or a bit of news that brought you hope and joy this year? So overall, the election was a massive, massive relief for me. If you told me going into this election, and I'm talking beyond my race, because as much as I love being a rep, and I really do, there's much there's much bigger forces at play in the country. But if you told me that we would keep the Senate, Democrats would keep the Senate, and win in a lot of really key state houses where election deniers and anti-democratic forces and, and MAGA forces were on the march and have just a very narrow minority in the state house, I would have been blown away. I would have thought that was just an amazing um, you know, achievement. And ultimately what it means to me is there's this big coalition of just normal, patriotic, uh, old school patriotic Americans who just are, just want to see competent government, caring people be able to vote, send their kids to school, have, have just safe, strong communities where we're investing, where we're protecting people, where we are protecting our, our right to vote, where we are protecting women and women's rights and women's choice and trying to expand access to healthcare and doing things about climate change. So many issues and just this big coalition of the normal came out. And, um, and, and I feel like given the economic headwinds, it could have been a disaster, um, mm-hmm. but it ended up being, I think, a, a strong signal. And it makes me feel better about the long-term trajectory of our country and you know, the country we're raising our kids in here, our country. And then oh, just- You're more optimistic than I thought you were going to be. Oh, I am. I am. I feel like, I mean, today- uh, as we're recording today, Arizona is certifying its its election mm-hmm. and the, the election denying, even a lot of the election deniers, almost all of them conceded their races, secretary of state races, attorney general races. We won. And I'm so deep into all these things. We won. And so you are, places. you are in every state. I'm are in you every meet state. anyone and they'll be like, I'm from some tiny little town in, you know, I don't know, Louisiana. And you're like, oh, I just heard about your, I'm always, I do read. I'm always shocked. You always know every like little state what's going on. I, that. Yeah. And, and because I know being in the legislature, what a big impact these can have on our on families' lives. So oh, very important. the election was a massive relief to me. Yes, it could have gone better in some ways, but it was a huge relief. And of course, I am honored, incredibly honored to have the opportunity to continue to serve. So, so my toast to joy for this year has got to be women sharing their stories, which mm-hmm. you had actually a number of our friends Good who job. shot videos for you and you posted them to your page you know, talking about their experiences, having children, having miscarriages, having uh, pregnancies where, you know, there was no chance for the fetus to survive. Like all of the stories that so many women came out and shared to me were a game changer. And I am hopeful that we will continue to see women sharing their stories, but also I felt people listened. Hmm. no one, at least not that I know of, no one questioned the women that, you know, the stories of the women that our friends, you know, shared on your page and said, is this really true? People believed them as they should. And I feel that means, I hope that we will see, you know, women continue to share these stories because I think it is these stories that have fundamentally changed our mind in a big way. When you look at Kansas, Kentucky, even red States, when it comes to things like reproductive rights and what our government should and should not be doing. So my toast of joy is definitely to 
women sharing their stories. And that very much led to the results, the Absolutely. biggest issue uh, that led to the results of that, you know, that we had in the election, positive results. So very much mattered that they shared their stories. Well, Casey, that is it for today. Thank you for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. This is wonderful. And thanks to everyone for listening to the Suburban Women Problem. We'll see you again next week. Bye. The Suburban Women Problem was created by Red Wine and Blue. Our executive producer is Beverly Batt. Our supervising producer is Lindsay Quist. Our producer and editor is Amy Thorstenson. Our production coordinator is Abigail Martin. And our social media coordinator is Shaylee Severino. Videos by Abigail Martin and Ashley Hufford. If you want to join the thousands of women who are turning out their friends and family to vote, you can sign up for the great troublemaker turnout by going to redwine.blue.